It's not coming? One degree. No, we were wasn't able to make it. Okay. <laughs> so the share is the Ilun Nishmas? I don't have her father's name. I don't have her father's name. Alana's mother. No, not the father's name. He's left. He's not here. Yeah. Alana's mother. She have a lichtige ganeden be emlitzi yishara for her family. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, since I wasn't given a topic, I just Ooh. need to know a week in advance Ooh. if you want a specific topic. It's okay, no problem. So, then what do you do? You just so I'm just doing one. I guess Shavuos is the next holiday, so I guess we'll talk about Sphere slash Shavuos. So that's what I'm going to do um, because I'm I'm in the mode of Shavuos now. I have to start preparing for Shavuos, um, Shiurim, and you know. So I have to, yeah. So I'm working on it. So I want to say things that I think everybody knows and it's obvious, but I want to just bring it out with a couple of points. Um, and obviously, when the more it's spoken about together, the more clarity we have on that. What? So the best share you ever like gave that I really loved. Okay. Last year's Burmish year. Okay, I don't remember it, but okay, I'm glad. Okay, thank you. Okay. So we know the pasuk says in Chumash, "Usfartem l'chem imachras haShabbos," which obviously doesn't mean Shabbos. It means not as opposed to Saturday. It means Pesach, and that's where the tzedakim got all messed up. And the halacha is that we bring from after the time we bring the carbon oimer, we start counting Sheva Shabbosos, Tzimimastiyana, but Tzipruch Hamishimiyam. We count 50 days, 49, 1 minus. However, we get to that number, but the bottom line is the Pasuk says we count 50, which is minus 1. And then we craft a Mincha Chadash Hashem. When there will be a base Amigdash, we will be Makav a carbon called the Minchas Bikurim, Shteyalechen, however you want to call it. That's what Shavuos is. Nowhere in the Torah. Doesn't mention that Shavuos was the day we got the Torah. It's it's it doesn't it doesn't appear. Not in the Torah, not in the not in Ksuvim. The Gemara talks about it, and if you do the calculations, it's pretty obvious we got the Torah then. But that doesn't seem to be the reason for our celebration. What is the reason for our celebration? A very agricultural, technical reason. Back in the day when we lived in Eretz Yisrael, and everything was agriculturally uh, um, run, and that that was the industry that everybody worked in. And for those that learned last week, Parshas Bahar know that, and next year, Mr. Shem is going to be Shemitah. It, it was it occupied a very big portion of their lives, and that was what they were busy with all day. So Pesach was the season where they started cutting the grain. Sukkot was when they brought in the grain for the new year, and Bikur, and Shavuos time was when they finally got their first taste of the new fruits and the new and the new grain that grew that year it was a very exciting time and all our young and tovim are really set up based on the agricultural year it's, it's the harvest holiday and it's the it's the planting season and etc etc so it's not about matan seemingly seemingly but yet what is shavuos without thinking back about satayra it doesn't it, it almost seems like missing the point it's like uh What's the, what's the point of Shavuos today for sure, we, we, that we don't celebrate agriculturally? Even though Pesach is also a, based on an agricultural time, and so is Sukkot, but that's not what seemingly we celebrate. So let's focus obviously on the part that doesn't say in the Torah, which is Kabbalah Satayro. But to understand that, let's take a step back. And that is, there's a very interesting medrash that the Ran quotes at the end of Mesech Pesachim when he talks about Sirius Oimer. The medrash says, and I'm playing with the medrash a little bit just to bring out the point, I'm, uh, you know, Paraphrasing and playing with it. And the Medrash says that Rabbi told was told by Hashem that when you will leave Mitzrayim, 
you're going to serve me on this very mountain, Har Chayrev, Har Sinai. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, oh, okay. And when he goes to present it to Klai Yisrael, he tells them that there's a Vaitseisi, and then there's a Vaitsalti, and then there's a Vaitsalti, and then Vlakachti. Vlakachti being when we get the Torah. There's going to be a day we're going to get on the mountain of Har Sinai. We're going to get to a place where we will become one with Hashem, and He will share with us the secret of the world, the secret of life. And Klai Yisrael went out of Mitzrayim, and they went through the Yamsuf, and they get to the other side, and they turn to Moshe Rabbeinu, and they say, and with a question mark. What now? My Shabbat says, oh, no, it's going to be in 50 days from now. Now, then it wasn't 50 days, but the point is, it's down the road. And Klyosaur immediately said, really? And they started counting. They were like looking forward to that moment. They started counting. One day, two days, three days, four days. When they finally got to day 50, it was talking the day of Mahmoud Arsina, Kabbalah Satoya. Therefore, says the Medrash, to commemorate their excitement to to um, look forward to Bar Sinai, we go and do the same thing. Along those lines, we count towards that special moment that day. Now, it's a beautiful Medrash, but it's, it, it, it turns the whole thing into a commemoration. It's not a mitzvah in and of itself to count towards it, which is nice. It's nice to commemorate what happened, that those Yidin, when they left Mitzrayim, they were longing for something bigger. Okay, but now what? Right? We said today in, in, in Halal, Avdei Hashem, Halu Avdei Hashem, Vlei Avdei Pari. So we're not anyone serves a Pari, but when are we becoming Avdei Hashem? So therefore we commemorate that. It's great. But which begs the question, when Klai Yisrael was counting, and they were told, oh, in 50 days from now, you're going to meet Hashem, how do you think they counted? Probably said, oh, 49 days left, 48 days left, 47 days left, right? Like counting towards a vacation, a wedding day, and the school, whatever it is that you're counting towards. Yeah, we count the other way. And this is a famous, obvious question. So why do we count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and when we reach 50, ding, we hit the bell. It should be the other way. 50, 49, we're ripping off pages. Like every chassan that gives his kala, the calendar, right, gives the ones that you rip off and you throw them out. So why don't, wh- isn't that what was happening? If they were so excited, that's what was happening. That's what we should be doing. And yet we don't do that. And this question is already asked by the Rishonim. Maybe even Chazal. I don't know. Chazal asks, the Rishonim, the Chinuch asks that question. And the answer that he gives is that, very cryptically, that the, there's, no, there's no benefit in counting towards the end. Okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? So I want to I discuss what he perhaps is saying, and even if he's not saying it, a true concept. What happens if a person is not counting? Many women don't count. Many men don't make it to the end. So that means what? There's no Maimon Asida? If you don't make it to the end, like if, if, if you skip a day, right, we know we don't count the bracha anymore, so that means you're out of the game. Shavuos, no cheesecake for you. Maybe we should make that as a rule. Maybe people will make it to the end. <laughs> if you, you, you I'm no. saying this is the first year that I've gotten this far. Oh, really? Yeah, we did this first year that didn't start. Mayor's still there. Yeah, you're still in? We're not supposed to. My father said it. Doesn't let you count? Mayor's still doing it, which means... That means you have to keep track. Exactly. So counting through, the whole thing is almost like, it's like a game. It's like counting. Like, what does that mean with counting? So in a way, it's like, okay, I did it. I counted today, done. You know, I could just, you know, swipe away that thing. But what does it mean? Obviously, it's an Aveda, and we're serving, and we're working, and we're growing. And we're but what does that mean? So there's a safer called Aveda Sisro from the Kajan Samagad. And he says, um, as you would expect from somebody like the name, the Kajan Samagad, would say a little bit of a Hasidic Shavart. But the point is, 
definitely uh, a point I want to drive home, and that is how he touches into the Psukim is the way he does that, and that's for a different time. But he explains that Tisperu, we translate the word Tisperu as count. Sphero, Sphero Sa'imer. But Tisperu also means shine. Neufech Saper V'yahalim. Saper is a diamond, it's a jewel. When, uh, sapphire. Sapphire. It's sapphire. Right, fine. Sa- <laughs> sapphire. Is that really where it comes from? What, that's... Sapphire, I don't know. Is Sapphire the Sapphire? Could be. Is that what they said? That the Luchos were made out of? Sanpirin. Is that the same thing? Could be. It's the same Shara. Sanpirin. One's Aramaic and one is... Could be it is. Could be it is. Sapir means to shine. And we have uh, we have this also... Um, the, the Targum on the word Tsayar yeah. Tasa means It also means right. to what? Isn't that the thing that was in the... Sorry? Yes. It does? In modern Hebrew? Laspar. Yes. Uh, in modern Hebrew? Yeah? Yes. That's not, it's not biblical Hebrew, is it? I don't recall such a word. I don't know. I don't, okay, could be. Right. Right, okay, yeah, you're right, it is. Uh, is it biblical? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the the, the Nazar, no, it says Yigalach. Okay, I don't know. Okay, I have to check. I don't know, it's a good point. But Sapir means also to shine. <laughs> um, it means to shine. And what he's trying to bring out is that Tisperuch HaMishim Yoyim is we have to work on it that after 50 days we're shining. Now, that's, it takes time to polish something to the point where it becomes shiny, a 50-day shiny. Now, the more you polish it, of course, if you get through all 50, then it'll be as shiny as can be. But you could have somebody that only shined it once, it's nicer than if it wasn't shined whatsoever. And if you shined it 35 times, it's definitely nicer than if you did 34. And once, and therefore, his point is that no matter how far you got in the process, where you bailed out and where you fell out, realize that you're actually shining today more than you were when you started. And that's also something to celebrate. And therefore, even if somebody doesn't make it, and he, she should get, and he should get cheesecake, because they're still shining more for counting that one day. This reminds me of a joke. There's an old comedian here, Muncie, that some of you might remember, no, or not, Yankel Miller? Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. So Yankel Miller, the first night of Sphere, he went over to a yid, and he said, if you don't mind, if you could be merged to me with the bracha. He said, it's the first night. How did you mess up? He said, no, actually, you just did, so I'll count with the bracha for you. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a very mean, dirty trick. But it's, the, point is, the point is that even, even if you made it just the first night, because it says it in the Haggadah, right? That's enough. You already are more shiny than you were when you came in. Of course, if you can get Tisbrucham, if you can do Sheva Shabbos, if you can do seven weeks of that, great, all the better. We know that the, without explaining what the spheres mean, because I don't know what it means, but we know that they all correspond to the Sheva Midas, Chesed, you were first, Natsachayi, Malchus. The first day is Chesed, Sheva Chesed, till we get to Malchus, Sheva Malchus. Okay, wherever, wherever you got stuck on your journey of Tferes, Sheva Yesayi, Yesayi, Sheva Tferes, whatever it is, you still did something. And a lot of people feel like, and this is what I want to bring out, a lot of people feel like Judaism is like being Cal Ripken. And you have to have a streak. You got to make it to X amount of games or, um, you know, Joe DiMaggio hitting 56 straight. It's not what Yiddish it's about. So what? You went to 30 days in a row, Shachas of the Minion, and you messed up day 31. So I say, you're out, you're done, it's over. So you, 32 is a new day. And you start a new streak. And it's not even about streaks. It's every day is the moment that we have to cherish and use to our growth. And that's, 
that was, is the point of counting upwards. Because if you count downwards, if you think about it, if you're going 49, 48, 47, if you miss 44, then there's no such thing. But if you're counting upwards, you're still going upwards even if you miss one. You might be a day behind, you might be 10 days behind, but you're still going upwards. Downwards, you can't go. If you miss one, then you, you didn't go. Now, it's, it's more complex than, than that, but because it's not 100% true, because you can also just be a day behind and going down. So I want to just um, spice it up a little bit as follows. And it goes like this. The Bnei Sascher in his Mamara Mechadish Nisan asks a question that many have asked and many have given many answers to, and that is, why don't we make a Shechiyonu when we count Sphere Sa'imah the first night? It's a mitzvah that comes around once a year, even if you do it 49 times, but it's like circus. The first night, it's, it's an eight-day mitzvah. We sit in the circuit the first night, we make a Shechiyonu. We shake a lulav, we light the Hanukkah Manero, we... So why do we make a Shechianu on Mitzvah Sirius Aymer? It's a Mitzvah that comes around once in a while. And if you're going to say because it's a Derabanon, that doesn't work because so is Megillah and so is Hanukkah, and yet we make Shechianos on those. So why don't we? So this question has been asked by many, given many answers as well. One answer is we do make a Shechianu. <coughs> Second night Pesach, when you make by the Kiddush, uh, Shechianu, don't only have a mind you left. Don't only have in mind the matzah you're going to eat. Don't only have in mind the murr and the dalat cases and the gadotol avincha and, and this and that and the other. Also have in mind the Simer. Yeah, how many people actually knew to have that in mind or actually had that in mind? So many people try to point it out and tell their family and many people forget to or don't even know to point it out to tell their family to have in mind Shechionu. And what happens if you say Shechionu in Shul? You don't do it after the Seder. So you'd said already in Shul without the Shechionu. So why don't we make a Shechionu? On Sphere Saimer. Oh. So uh, very good. That's sort of sort of what he says. His his words are Ki We're not excited for the days of the counting. That's not what it's about. That's a little bit calls man um the um skipped it. What's the what's the day that we're looking for? The day after counting, meaning Shuas. That day we make a Shechianu. Meaning, when you count towards something, the count is in the way. In a way. Right? You're counting to your wedding. You're counting to your vacation. So, the, really, today's in the way. It's just, it's just another day to get over. It's like a hump I have to get past. So, really, in a way, is that. It's I have to get past this day. I don't make a Shechianu on a day that I have to get past. I make Shechianu on a day that I, I finally reached. I reached my wedding. I reached my vacation. I reached my graduation. Now it's a time to celebrate. Now it's a time to make a Shechianu. Fine, that is. It's a good question. Why don't we make Bechas and a Shechianu? That's another discussion in the Rishonim. Why doesn't the man make a, a, a Bechah? Or why doesn't the woman make a Bechah? Being Mekayim a Mitzvah. Is it a Mitzvah? Is it not a Mitzvah? That's a whole discussion. And maybe you should make a Shechianu. Some people do. Some people wait to put on their new Strymol or suit or whatever it is. Make a Shechianu on that. Okay, there's ways to get around the question. But what, otherwise, why wouldn't you? As soon as he's about to put the ring on the finger, he should make. Uh, he's about to make a bracha, and it's a brand new mitzvah, it's an exciting mitzvah, hopefully. If not, you shouldn't be under the chuppah. So, the question is why we don't make a shechianu. Not by wedding. Why don't we make by Sri Saimer? That's the answer of the Bnei Sasra. But, I feel like it needs more. And it goes as follows. We read in last week's parasha that if you'll go in the ways of Hashem and you will serve Hashem and everybody knows the first Rashi at least the boys all know it by heart it's the one Rashi you know by heart the point is you have to be and if you be you'll have all the good you'll have wealth and health and happiness and prosperity and tranquility all the good stuff that you want if you learn Torah it's going to happen now besides the fact that sometimes it doesn't look like that and besides for the fact that sometimes 
Um, it looks the opposite, to the contrary. Those that aren't learning are, look like they're having the better life, and those that are, aren't. But, okay, that's, you know, the basic question you always have to ask, or never should ask, depending on how you want to say it. How do things look fear? Things are not fear. Things are maybe equal. Maybe things are not equal. That's a separate discussion. But we know that that's the emphasis that we teach our children and hopefully ourselves that living a life of Torah, working, toiling in Torah is what it's all about. When one goes to a Siyam, one hears these famous words. We work hard and we get reward. They work hard and they don't get reward. Really? They don't work get reward? Who are we talking about? Let's talk about it. We and them. Who's them? The people that are not learning Torah. Goyim? Yidin? Let's take Yidin. Let's be, let's be generous. The Yidin that are not learning Torah are Melim. The guy's a doctor and he's an accountant and he's a lawyer. Really? And he's supporting Torah, so he gets what, what about, what, what does schar mean? Schar means heavenly reward or schar means reward? He gets reward. You give him a client to take care of and he gets a check. He doesn't get schar. We're trying to contrast. I work for Torontaro and I get schar and he is in a doctor's office all day and he doesn't get schar. He doesn't get schar? He gets a, he gets a paycheck at the end of the month. He doesn't get schar? Isn't that schar? Oh, so you talk about heavenly schar. But you don't even have to come on to that. I, I'm saying, I agree. He's getting, re- he's getting reward for his time. Just like I'm getting reward for my time for learning, he's getting reward for his time. Nobody comes over to that boss and say, I really tried. Can one you pay me? spiritual and one is not like a physical. So is that how you learn schar? I think a schar is a lamhava when we talk about schar. So that is, definitely, that is definitely a option. Many of the when on the we get reward and they don't get reward. It means in lamhava I will get reward and they will not get reward. Many learn like that. But many of the what? what? Is that schar or is that, uh, is that, does that just manifest itself from the fact of what you're doing? Yeah. Right. No, but I think schar is usually seen as a more spiritual. Yeah. That's, that, that is an option. That is an option. I'm not disagreeing. That's what Sadal is saying. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. But schar, but if you're trying to contrast something, we're trying to say Torah is much better. Because Torah, and they don't get reward. What? You know you get a reward in El Habo? Have you been there? I believe I'm getting reward. And I believe that they're not getting reward. How do you know? You were there? You said they didn't get reward? <coughs> Does it mean in this world, perhaps? So the Chavetz Chaim says a very interesting thing. It's a famous Chavetz Chaim. Um, if you don't know it yet, now you're part of the club that all, we all know it. And that goes as follows. That, Ono Amelim, Umekabum Schar on the Amelim. Heim Amelim, but they don't get Schar on the Amelim. Meaning, if I w- toil all day to learn Torah, and at the end of the day, I close the I'm like, I have no idea what, what Tasis is talking about. In frustration, I close the Gemara, and even though I spent six hours trying to understand the Tasis, I come home, and, you know, day goes on. Do I, did I get reward for that day, or was that day just a waste of day? I didn't understand Tasis. I worked six hours on Tasis. I did not know what he's talking about. Of course he gets schar. We get schar on the Anuah Melan part, on the hard work. But does a person get reward in this world? Let's say a job, an accountant, for trying, but no results? Well, it depends. It depends on it depends on your job. Yeah, it depends on your job. If you get an hourly wage, no, you're, you're not talking about in a spiritual sense. No, I'm talking about in a yeah. physical sense. The, the person worked very hard. Comes to his boss. He says, "I really tried hard. Can I get no? Thank you for trying. Where's the money? Or where's the client? Or where?" Says the Chavetz Chaim. Ano Amelim. Saying they work on commission. Exactly. Ano Amelim. Kabim schar on the Amelim. Without just on the toil. 
Just on the toil we get the reward. They don't get reward on toil. They get reward on whatever they get the reward. Fine. Fine. That's, that means even in this world, not schar elum haba. Schar elum haba, yeah, we agree. I'll get, they'll get whatever they deserve or whatever they don't deserve, they're not going to get. But fine. Everybody has their job. And then you could always add in what Tzedel said, the Sachas Volan. That's their lot in life. Their job is to not learn and to support Meister Satoru and their kids in school or whatever. Fine. But I'm talking about even in this world. And that's what the Chavetz Chaim is saying. Anu Amelim, in this world, Omekabalim Schar for the Amelus. Heim Amelim, Omekabalim Schar, not really, not on the Amelus. The Omekabal Schar on results. It's a results-based industry. No results, no reward. Which means the process is worthless if it's not Torah. Torah, the process is also, the journey is also something to be enjoyed and something to um, strive for. Even not reaching the end, just going through the journey is also rewarding and a, a, a means in and of itself. It's not the ends, that, that's the means. It's the means itself. Meaning, to know Kala is impossible. Impossible. Erekivo was the closest that we know, and yet, obviously, he didn't. He was missing a little bit, but still, right? It's impossible. It's impossible to comprehend. So, so a person who just says, forget it, I'm giving up. I'm done. What's the point? I'm never going to know it all anyways. The answer is... It's not your job to know at all. It's your job to do the best you can to know. But in, 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 and that is the journey of Yiddishkeit. And that is what Sfiris Oimer represents. It's the journey that we're celebrating. We celebrate, actually, I reached day three. I reached day 15. It's something, if we would count down, that means we have a place we want to get to. You got to get to zero. As we're saying, like from the Keshe Tzemagat, Sapper every day shines in and of itself. You got to day seven, you got to 27, you are on a journey. What's, it, what's the difference if you made it to 50 or if you made it to 47? You grew. You're shining more than you were. And that itself is a, is a, reason, a reason and a cause for celebration. Just to, to as a story, uh, my Shlomo Kruger was a child. He was, he, had a, he was neglected and he was, he was on the streets. It, it was... He eventually became Rav Shlomo Kluger. He wrote, and he writes about himself, that he wrote already 375 Sfarim, Gematria, his name, Shlomo. That's a, a man wrote about himself. The Chesam Sefer, parenthetically, the Chesam Sefer, parenthetically, on the parenthetically. The Chesam Sefer, one time wrote to him, Chesam Sefer's last name was Schreiber, Sefer, Schreiber, and Shlomo Kluger's last name was Kluger, which means a smart one. Chesam Sefer says, I think Hashem, like the names got messed up. I'm, I'm the Kluger from the generation. He was the Gadladar. And he says, you're the Schreiber of the generation. He wrote 375 Svarim in his lifetime. It's, it's, my friend has Parshas Bereshis, Parshas Nayach, Parshas Lachlacha. Not Sefer Bereshis. Parshas Bereshis has a volume this thick. Parshas Nayach has a volume this thick. It's, it's insane what this man wrote. He wrote three days a week on Drush and three days a week on Halacha. It, it's, it's just, it's endless. If Shalom Kluger one time, but when he was a kid, he actually was, he was thrown out on the street, like his parents, whatever. It was a messed up childhood. What ended up happening is the Dubna Maggot adopted him. It's a whole long, interesting story. But the story goes that many years later when he grew up and he finally became the great Shalom McLuger, he was once in a different town from where he was. And there was a man, like everybody came to see, the, you know, one of the G'dayli Adarb, Shalom McLuger. And there was a man that came in to look. And he's like pushing his way in. And like, like he, you could tell he came with like a cynicism and a snarkiness and... And, um, and he looks and he goes, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I was, I knew it. And the guy goes over to him and says, what, what do you know? 
He says, I was classmates with that Shlemy. I know him. I was classmates with him. And I knew what was going to happen, and I'm right. He says, what's going to happen? He says, when we started with the Olive Bays, I, str- I have a much better head than, than that guy, Shlemy Kluger. I have a much better head. I started with the Olive Bays. I got it the first time. He struggled, but he got it eventually. And then we finished. We're like, we made a big CM. And the next day we come to class and we start doing something else, Nakudas. I'm like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 we finished. And then we start Nakudas. And I said, no, there's a couple of Nakudas that we have to learn. Okay, so I learned the Nakudas. And right away, I picked, it, I picked it up. And he had struggled, but whatever, we got it. As soon as we finished the Nakudas, he started like, oh, I have to put them together, the words. I was like, whoa, this is, this, well, what's going on over here? What's going on? I see where this is going. And we finished putting together words. I knew how to read fluently, and they started. Now we have to translate. This is there's a translation. I don't know if they did it in Ukrainian or in Yiddish or in Belarusian, whatever they did it in. He goes. Eventually, after third grade, I realized this is a scam. Every time we finish something, there was another thing, and I ran away from yeshiva and I told Shlomi to come with me. I said, "Watch, you're going to be stuck in this, and you're never going to stop." And I ran away, and I come back. Look, he's looking. He's still looking in a safer. He never finished. I was way ahead of my time. I knew that this doesn't end. I'm asking you. Uh, obviously, we're all smiling at the story, but don't we all do that sometimes? We all, in a way, we all, we're all that guy. Like, ugh, it doesn't end. It doesn't end. I'm not, not going to even try. It's impossible not to speak Lush and Hara, so why should I try? It's impossible to have Kavana by the whole Shemai Nesri, so why should I try? I'm, if I can do one bracha, yeah, I know how it works. It's going to be one bracha today, it's going to be one bracha tomorrow. I can't do it. It's not. What? So what? It's not, it's not about getting done, it's about being on the journey. There's a story, there's a, a, a man, he's not alive anymore, he was a Holocaust survivor, Gretel Eisner. Gretel Eisner went through all the camps, for all six years of the Holocaust he went through. He went through camp after camp after camp, and his family didn't survive, obviously, and he became a mashkiach, mashpia, in, Gary, in one of the Gary yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael after the war. And he was a very, very fascinating individual, and he had a lot to say for himself, and he wrote a sefer called Masilo's God, which is my life's journey. And in the, in the Hagdama to the Sefer, only in the beginning, when he's, he's talking about why, you sh- why should you buy my Sefer? Why should you listen to what I have to say? Who am I? I'm a nobody. So why would you buy the Mesilei's God? He writes over there a very interesting point. He says there's, there's something called a local train and there's something called an express train. You want to go from here to Kansas City. You can go to Penn Station and wait for a direct train from here to Kansas City. I don't know if they have one. It's a bad example. From here to Chicago. I know they have direct trains from here to Chicago. Yeah? Nice. So there's an express train, right? You can take the express train um, from here to, Flo- to, to Florida. Let's go let's to Miami. Right, from here to Miami, you can do express. Or you can do the local. Now, are they both going to Miami? They're both going to Miami. One, you'll meet new people on the way. People will come on. People will go off. There are some people that will be on the train ride from the beginning to the end with you. They're both going to Miami. Now, there's nothing wrong with either train. Of course, the end game is to get to Miami, but every stop that you make on the way is also worth the trip. It doesn't mean it's not worth the trip because it's not express. Not everybody can go directly from New York to Miami. Some people need, can't afford the direct train. They take the, the local. It costs more, it takes longer, but that's how they get there. Most of us in life are not going direct from here to perfection. Most of us are going step by step. We're taking the local, we're getting stuck, we're getting, we run out of gas, or we, we, whatever it is. But that's how life is. And he says, I'm just going to read a couple of words from his thing. There's a chashivus at every stop that you reach, that you attain. 
even though we should go to try to reach the end, the ain't safe with Adam And by the way, there is no end. Just in case you're wondering, if you think there is Miami, there is no Miami. There's you work till you're six feet under, and when till then you keep working. But let's say that whatever the end is, right? There would be an end game. You can't say that a guy that only made it to Charleston didn't go somewhere. Didn't of course he went somewhere. He left New York, which is already a mile, and then he ended up further south, which is already a mile. It wasn't all the way, but he he's here, he's shinier, he's closer to the to, to Miami. It's warmer weather. It's not Miami yet, but it's it's better, right? <laughs> Whatever it is, right? He, he can't walk around yet with his yarmulke and his strimal, but he can walk around. Whatever. But that is that is um, the the way Yiddishkeit really is, and that's why he calls it. That's why it's called when a person is growing. It's called he has he's growing on yeah. madregos steps. Steps are that each step is something worthy in and of itself. That's why it's called we're growing. We're growing. We're growing madregos. We're we meaning each step. It's, it's, the point. It's not an all or none religion. Absolutely. And I think that's a very big misconception. I uh, totally agree. Talk. I uh, have to work with teens troubled teens, and this was the biggest thing that we always stressed because growing up in a certain system. If you do wrong, you're bad. You're ready, Michael, forever. There's, there's two ways to look at it. That's yeah. It's not, it's not about streaks. It's not. I always say it's, it's, you don't have to be Cal Ripken to be a good Jew. You don't. You don't have to play every single game. Ari calls it orthodoxy with a side of diet coke. Mm-hmm. Orthodox. Who go out to eat and right. get this big fat meat right. meal. Uh, okay, coke. got it. The Diet Coke's going to make the difference. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there's actually a song written yeah. about this muscle. Uh, I don't know if he meant to write about this muscle, but I don't know if you all remember Journey's one? Yeah. Come and ride exactly but he actually says it as a muscle but that is that is what life really is some are here just for the journey some are right i mean abby says it best well i'm not gonna even try to say it better than him go back and listen to that song if you need the inspiration it's i love journeys journeys one i grew up on journeys and then in country wow in the square <laughs> That's why she doesn't live in New Square anymore. Okay. <laughs> I'll still go back. I, I visit. I mean, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that song really. I. I, I mean, I, my iPod, iPad is broken at home, so you don't have the Journey's One anymore. But we used to go back to listen to that. So that song is a. It's just a classic. It really just drives the point home. No pun intended. Along those lines, somebody that didn't make it through the Holocaust, the Piasetsna, Hashem Yim Kibdamai. Wrote, uh, he was way ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. The Piasetsna. You ever heard of the Piasetsna? Kleinimus Kalman Shapiro. He was way ahead of his time. The Ish Kaidish. Yeah, he wrote many swarm in the ghetto. <laughs> in what are you doing in here? What are you doing in here? Getting his food. Telling you about the Ish Kaidish. So the the, the wrote many swarm. One the famous sefer that he wrote is Chavis Atamidim. The Ish Kaidish. The Chavis Atamidim is is uh, if I have to say. He was a hundred years before his time. Today's chinuch, today's chinuch is really the chayvus atalmidim's. I mean, I wish I wish people would read it. I wish I, I read it and I read it again one summer. I read it a couple times. It's a chinuch sefer. It's a chayvus from a rebbe to a talmud. Yeah. It's really for the rabbeim to understand the talmidim. Okay. It's but it's really for a parent also. What's it called? 
Chayvas atalmidim. They might. I would be shocked if they didn't actually. They and he speaks exactly to. I can't believe that in 1930 he was able to get away with some of the things he said. In 1930 in Warsaw or in Piasetsna, which is right outside of Warsaw, Warsaw, you have to you have to read it. You have to read it. So. Why? What type of things was he saying? I feel like love, he unconditional it. love, and and tap into the neshama. Don't you're not trying to make him a better person. You're trying to reach his neshama. You have to, you have to read it. You have to read it. I was I was I was getting very into it, and then my son's um, class when they sent out their svarim list for the year was and I only had one at home, so he took mine. So I've been on now a nine month break, but every day that I read that before I went into class, what? Well, my, my son's class, uh, he's in sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah, do, that, that, the Rebbe does that as the Muslim Savior, yeah. And I, and I remember, I was like so sad when he like took it away. I was like, I'll buy you a second one. Like, so you, I was like, no, no, I'll take it. But you should know, the days I read it before I went into class, because I also have it on Safari. They have it in English. You have to read it. You have to read it. If they did a good translation of it. So uh, the days I read it before I went into class, I looked at my boys differently. <laughs> We're gonna, we'll add more if we have to win. We have to have the bigger pile. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you have to. You have to. It's 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 amazing. It's amazing work. It's about the qual- it's quantity. It's about the quality. It's not a so thick we'll, safer. We'll, we'll do the thinner pile. It's a very thin safer. Also, this will change your life. I believe this will change your life. This will for you, how to te- how to talk to your children. How to talk to you. Tell me them. It's like tapping into their neshama as opposed to tapping into. Oh, whatever. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to promote the safer as much as I want to bring out a point. In a different one of his farm, which is also ahead of his time, he wrote, uh, just to show you a little bit about him, if you read a little about him, he wrote beautiful songs also. Piasetzna. He wrote all his farm were ahead of his time. There's a safer called Hachshar Savrechim, which is for young men that are freshly married or so what, um, amazing on how they should talk to their wives and deal with their wives. He was, he was a rebel that was. You don't expect a rabbi to write like this. He was, he was something special. So he wrote a sefer called Derech HaMelech. Derech HaMelech is for the more advanced. He wrote for every type and style. So in his Derech HaMelech, but that's on the parasha, on parasha's totally. I want to read a little bit what he writes. Just see his style for a second. It's so loving. You know who was a big chassid and Talmud of him? Even though I don't know if they ever met him. Shlomo Kalbach. He used to talk about the Piyasetzna all the time because it was unconditional love. It was that type. Style. That style. Very feel good. Very, very. He wrote beautiful songs, and no, he was killed in the Warsaw Ghetto by the Nazis. And but we have his ish, his ish kodesh is all this, the drushes that he gave in the ghetto to be mechazik v'yidin. You have to read these things. You have it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The shul in Woodmere, ish kodesh is named after him. Rabbi Weinberger. Is is named after him, and they talk about his farm there all the time. Whatever, anyways. He's that type. Uh, absolutely. He's totally. That he type. is Pia Setzna. He, he threw him through. It, there's there's no remnants of Pia because it's right outside of Warsaw, which means they got decimated. Um, but if somebody was continuing the legacy, it was somebody like Hermesh Weimberger, yeah. definitely, yeah. very much that type. All, all the things that Hermesh Weimberger is, is okay with talking about that nobody else will talk about. That's exactly what the Pia Setzna Rebbe did. Uh, d- exactly, I totally agree with you. So listen to an excerpt of the Derech Hamelach. Listen to this: Kikol Mitzvah Givayehi. Every Mitzvah is huge. V'iyashalei Yisrael. It's impossible for a Jew sheyavei lebo pamachas to reach it at one time. V'rakivan sheoisa eileha hachonos. But rather, since he's always doing preparation, kol hachonahi aliyah. The preparations are also growth. V'hiskarvasel mitzvah. 
until you eventually reach the mitzvah. And he explains with the mashal. Imagine you're climbing Mount McKinley, right? Very big mountain. It'll take weeks to get to the top. Does he have to reach the peak to say that he has ascended the mountain? As soon as he takes one step up, he has already ascended the mountain. Has he reached the peak? He has not reached the peak. But he has gone up. He's on his way. Every step. He is already in Aliyah. Even if he's halfway up the mountain, he went very high. He's much higher than all those that didn't climb the mountain. And listen to this. And if the mountain would have been only 5,000 feet tall, he would already be at the peak. Why? Because he chose to pick a taller mountain, so that's why he's a failure, because he only reached halfway to the top. If he would have reached, picked a mountain that was that high, he would be a success. Good for him for picking a higher mountain and making it up and pushing himself to go even halfway. He already ascended a mountain. Okay, he has more to ascend. It's like there's a second mountain on top of the first mountain. He ascended the mountain one. He calls for celebration. He's ascending now the mountain on top of the mountain. Good for him. And a person has to look like that at himself and at Yiddishkeit. Every step of his ascent is something to celebrate. When you get to day 15 of Sphere Saimer and you bail, it's, it's not over. You deserve cheesecake. Maybe not as many as the guy that made it to 50. Maybe. I don't know. But of course, there's a reason to celebrate. I am better today than I was yesterday and than I was last week and I was last month. That, that is what Yiddishkeit is. And every day and every step. It's, it's no two, when, when, when children say it's not fair, right? We all, we, uh, it irks us and still say it's not fair. How come he got there and she got there, right? Fear and equal are two different things. People confuse fear and equal. They think when it's equal, it's fear. It's not. It's not, it's not how it works. Everybody has their ascent they have to do. And everybody has what, at a certain point where they can... And, and that is, every person at that point is, stick in a pin, I reach this point. Will I continue? Of course I'll continue. But that doesn't negate the fact that I reached that point. And that's what it's all about. It's the journey. The Gemara says, famous Gemara, if a person will tell you, I worked hard, but it didn't, it didn't pan out for me. Don't believe him. So how do you translate that word? So the Kutzker, being as sharp as a whip, would say, either that Yagati, don't believe him that he actually worked. If he said he worked and he didn't attain, don't believe him that he worked. Okay, That's a very, you know, style answer or the second answer or the second word is all time and don't believe that Matsasi. don't believe him that he didn't that he didn't find something if you worked hard you find something you found something is it what you wanted maybe not did you make it to miami not necessarily did you get to the top of mount mckinley no but but all time and don't believe him that Matsasi. that's not true because you got the alone Yagati alone is the Matsasi. the fact that you worked hard that itself is the Matsasi. so that's it i tried so hard and it didn't work out it worked out. Maybe not the way you saw it to work out, but it worked out. The fact that you tried hard is working out. That's the working out. By learning, by learning, it works out like that also. We know that many people will learn their whole life and they will not have clarity. And they'll get the Shabbat they'll have the clarity in it. Oh. It's, the, it's, it's the journey. It's not the actual results. It's, it's the journey. Just, I just want to bring this point home with, 
We all have a minig, most of us have a minig, to bring flowers into our homes for shuas, trees. Even though the grow was a very against the minig, he thought it was came from the yeah. Christians. Yeah. A Greshel will not bring in a single grass or leaf. Really? Yes, no. It might be, it might come from the Christians. What do you mean? What's Christian? Christmas? Christmas? Where do you think the Christmas tree comes from? Yeah. Oh, pagan. Yeah. Right? When they adopted the. the I was say, maybe they took it from us. No, we, <laughs> maybe they did, but it doesn't look good. Okay? Yeah, I guess. Obviously. Right? Even a lot, even a lot of the things your Rambam says that are Jewish are pagan. Hashem gave it to us because, like, oh, I know it's too hard for you to explain to me his um, mindset here. Because isn't the whole thing with having trees and flowers harsinai? Okay, so there's actually a couple of reasons I want to discuss that right now. But uh, with, with, where does this minig come from? Harsinai. Yeah, yeah. Where, where does it come from? Who, who invented this minig? What? Who invented any minig? Uh, so uh, yeah, that's a good question. We have to investigate. It's, it's we have to investigate. Who invented the minig of cheesecake? The Marel. The Marel. Dairy. The ma- no, dairy. Okay. The cheesecake bar came from America. I don't, know. I don't think there was cheesecake in Europe. I, I, I yeah. You should see how Gary and Lady doing the cheesecake. <laughs> okay, so then it wasn't in Spain. It was in Hungary. Okay, fine. My, my point is that you have to investigate the origins of Menhagim. Some of them are based off of terrible things, to be totally honest. And some things are beautiful, and some things are just ignorance. Right? The Gros says this one might not be so holy. Okay, most of us don't follow the ground this. So I just wanted to put that out there, just so you should know. When you get your beautiful flowers and bouquet, wonder is it like a, what are those things that you put on the door, a wreath? Yeah, wonder, maybe it's like a wreath, you know. But no, we do it, so I'm going to do it. Well, so funny, I wouldn't put a wreath on my house because I think it looks pretty, and I'm like, I can't do it because it's going to look like I have a Christmas tree on my house. No, you can't put a wreath. I know, I didn't. I'm just saying. I'm saying it could be very so why do we so so why do we put out so the Ramah says the Ramah says Nahagin that's mistletoe that's something else Nahagin Nahagin Lishteach Asavim B'Shuas it's Arminic the Ramah says coming from from the Ramah right for 500 years ago Krakow to put out grasses B'Shuas B'Shuas in the shuls and in the homes that's his words. To remember the happiness of Matantar. Everybody explains it the way Tzegel said it because Maimar Sinai, the mountain was a horrible desert, and yet Hashem made it so beautiful and flowery and great. Right? It's good. That's one reason. The Magen Avram has a whole other reason why we put out trees. Listen to this one. If you never heard this one, here's an, is another reason to do it this year. The Magen Avram says, No. You know when Hashem judges us on the fruits of the tree? Shavuos. When do we get judged on fruits of the tree? If we're going to have good fruits of the tree this year? Not two bishrat. Two bishrat is when the tree itself gets judged. When does the fruits of the tree get judged? Two bishrat is Rosh Hashanah Ilonois, and Shavuos is Rosh Hashanah Al Paris Elon, the Gemara says. Misha says, Paris Elon. So we bring in the trees to remind ourselves to daven for it. It's a way to remember, oh, I've got to daven for the apples that they should be good this year, or the esregim, or the grapes, or the walnuts. So it's a way for us to remember to bring in. Here's the problem with that. None of us bring in fruit trees because you're not allowed to because that's called baltashka. You're not allowed to cut down a fruit tree. So we're all bringing in our little kids' dandelions that don't do anything. Okay, forget the flowers. Let's leave the flowers aside. When you go to a chasidish shul, any chasidish shul, when they set up, they set up these huge trees in the shul covered some I'm sorry, covered shvuas, covered matan They're all what we call in Yiddish, I'm sorry, in Lashik Yiddish, ilane srak. What's ilane srak? Barren trees. They cut down one of these trees and they give it to the Bachrim or to somebody to keep busy for a couple of days, which is great. I'm all for it. 
But if the whole point is like the Rabbi says, so to remind you to dive for fruits of the trees, the beer trees, the barren trees, are the ones that you're gonna are gonna help you remember. How does that work? Yeah. Why? Is it a barren tree or is it a tree that doesn't bear fruit to begin with? Because no, a tree, a tree that doesn't bear fruit to begin with. Oh, so oh. then no, then it's not like. Well, well that's all these trees. All these trees over here. Are no, that's like looking at a man and say, "Why aren't you pregnant?" Well, that tree was not created. Excuse me, that tree was not created to bear fruit. So why are we bringing that in to remind us? That that's my question. You can't take my question and make it yours. Well, I don't think it's so well, it's, it's showing you how it needs, right? You could take something that's not beautiful as a reminder of, like, we really need to make, like, it, have how much prettier it could be. Okay, so bring in rocks. <coughs> bring in rocks. Yeah, but rocks isn't a tree. You're not looking at a rock and thinking fruit tree. You could look at a tree and say, it would be so nice to have this tree. Oh, association. Yeah. Oh. Like therapy. So what do you see? I see a tree that doesn't have any fruits. Oh, so Davin for fruits. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so I, I maybe. If that works for you, great. If I, I want to say something different, if I may. The question is, if the point of bringing the trees is to remind us to Davin for fruits of the trees, then bringing in trees that can't give fruit is really missing the point. Now, obviously, I understand we can bring in fruit trees because we're not going to cut down fruit trees. I get that. We should bring in potted fruit trees. Okay, baby cute. Series. Okay, that's a cute idea. Start a business. You have a new minig. You can it start. So much time. This is how I'm going to start. Uh, you want to see? Right, this is how it starts. You, we should do that. And then somebody <laughs> does that. And then yeah, they say, this is, they always did it. In America, they always did it like this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like Mother's Day. Instead of fruit trees at their house, and they cancel their houses, we should take their fruit trees. That's a great. And we should take pieces of it and create saplings. No, you're still this not This is a real thing. Of course. Fruit trees? Cutting that down fruit people trees. don't sell their houses? Absolutely. Yeah, when we they go into contact with a, a Gaiish buyer and a Jewish person, they make them cut down the fruit tree before... No, the other way around. A Gaiish seller, seller and a Jewish right, buyer. Right, and a Jewish buyer. Sorry. Why? Because a Jew can't cut, cut down, down the fruit tree. tree. So once it's still in possession of the... I, I literally of can't... I feel so sheltered that I never heard this before. It's part of the contract that they'll do. No, that you can't cut down a fruit tree. This is... Not only... Not only halachically you can't, it's also extremely dangerous. Yeah. It is very, it's one of the only things that like, even people that are not... In what sense? Heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. Virtually. Why? Jewish heebie-jeebies. Why is a good question. Adam Because it symbolizes man. It's very, 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 very dangerous. I feel so jipped from my like... You can transplant it. Yes. 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 Like uproot it completely. What they do is you sell it to a guy and you make it, he does it. It's, it's, it's very complicated. Everybody knows. E, yeah. Well, e, you could be as litvish or as non whatever emotional about these things, but this is one thing that every like, no, 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 this is no, no nobody touches this. I, I had a rev call me, a rev in my neighborhood actually called me. He says, Srilly, I need a heter for fruit trees. Help me. Somebody in the neighborhood, whatever, wants to do an extension, they have a fruit tree. He said, I'm stuck. I said, I am not touching this question. I said, I don't want to have this on my whatever. He goes, Really? It's that? I said, do yourself a favor and look into it. He calls me the next day. He's like, whoa. Yeah, no, I'm not giving it. So I'm not even giving so like, it. plant apple seeds or whatever. Think twice. Or? Think twice. Vegetables? Great. Ap fruits? My no. Those are fine. It's different. But yeah. No. Fruit just don't. Planting. You can keep them in pots, but once they outgrow a pot, yeah. do not plant it in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah, fruit trees are very dangerous. Adam, it's a soda.
It symbolizes cutting off a man and kill, uh, people have lost children and, and lost parnasa. Really scary stuff. Really scary. This is not like Ruda Chassid. This is like, wow. yeah. Um, not that Ruda Chassid is anything to be, you know, to whatever. But yeah. So I get it that we can't bring in trees that are fruit trees. Fine. But perhaps we all know Rashi says in last week's parasha that the Eitz Asadit Imperioi. Rashi says, Eitz Asadit Imperioi. We're finishing shortly. Oh, if my wife is still on. That Rashi says, even the Ilan Esrak, when things will be amazing, when Mashiach will come, when things will be perfect in the utopian society that you're looking forward to, which we are all looking forward to, the trees that cannot bear fruit right now, that tree will bear fruit. That tree. Every single tree. Every single tree. Well, didn't you touch on that? Oh, that's how we got into this whole, yeah. Last, uh, bye bye. Right, bye, bye, bye. Correct, correct. Every single tree was also a food, correct? Correct. No? No, I'm Every part of the tree will also be. Why does everyone need to give fruit? There's a purpose to non fruit bearing trees. What's the purpose? Shade. Much bigger. It'll be this, and also apples will grow on it, and also tomatoes, not tomatoes, so even though it's a fruit. So eat the bark, and it'll taste good. The purpose of the tree is only to give fruit? Yeah. It's like a human being. It's very sad when we see a human being that can't give forth fruit. Does he have other purposes in life? Obviously, he didn't give forth fruit, but... Like right now it's a curse? A hundred percent. When Mashiach will come, these trees will be fruit bearing. Absolutely. So when we're looking at Shavuos... You just dampen wow. my view on the world. Yeah. Why? Look at the beautiful yeah, potential! Oh my gosh! Don't I, I can't... Think cursed, cursed, cursed. I can't win with you! I'm talking now about how good is your Mashiach and it's also no good! <laughs> like, don't we have, like, what we need? Like, we're... We're okay. Like, what's, why do we need these? Why, why does every person have to have children? Why does every person have I mean, did, me and China food. believe the same thing. A tree's purpose was only to give fruit? Yeah. That was why it was created. Yeah. And to give shade to the people Fine. hid in the caves all those years. Fine. It, it'll do that too. It won't stop doing what it's doing until now. It'll do this. It'll, it'll still give us oxygen and take in. You know, it'll do the same thing it's now doing until now. <laughs> now you know why you shouldn't be chopping down trees? You're not only are you taking away life now, you're taking what, away what amazing, amazing life. Oh, she's a arborist. Every time you go by tree, tree hugger. Nature, you know, oh. kill bugs, spiders, you can't chop down trees. Ma, the the no, deers lived here first. Whales, this. She wants to turtles. Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Not me. Yeah. So it's either, it's either you or. Or by accident. Probably my liberal lens. There's huge houses up and they're on the street. That's crazy. Okay. People also have to live. So we have to also take that into account. Also, so sometimes it's necessary for the greater good. I don't want to get totally canceled by the world culture. So I'm not going to continue past that. That being said, that being said. That being said, when we look at a tree, when we look at a tree, yeah, we're going to look at it very differently. But when we bring in that barren tree on Shavuos, and we're going to look at it and say, this is this is what we're davening for. When the man of Ram says, "We're going to daven for them," we're looking forward to a time when you'll be reaching your perfection. Are you doing now what you're supposed to be doing? Absolutely, good for you. But 
There's supposed to be something more. That is what we're supposed to be looking at ourselves on Shuas also. Did I grow? Absolutely. I, am I perfect? Not yet. I have a lot to do. But I need to celebrate. Shuas is a time to celebrate the baby steps, the 50 days that we reached. Now, if we would count downwards, you would say, oh, zero, blast off, we're done. Reach going upwards means there's never an end. And that's what Yiddishkeit, and that's what Shavuos was supposed to represent. And that's why we count upwards. We're counting upwards because we're on, a, we're on a mission. That mission is to grow and reach Mount McKinley, the top, or whatever it is, right? To reach the highest we can. But never to say that, therefore, these barren trees are worthless. No, these barren trees are worth something. We're going to bring it in. We'll dive in for them. We'll celebrate them. They're worth something. They're exciting. I'm actually cutting them down to celebrate them. Whatever. That's a separate question. That's a little backwards also. But whatever. What? <laughs> there is no end. There is no end. Of course there's no end. Oh, that's not what I was saying. Okay, great. No, I, I like that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Sure. Shechianu. That's what is there, Shechianu, because we're not celebrating. No. There's no end to the... Like I'm saying there's no finite end. Okay, great. I like that. I wasn't saying that, but I'm willing to take the credit for it, and I'm definitely willing to like give it, it to you. It's like, well, you want to be you better quote her. Oh, now it's my fault. Well, I'm back. Do you edit out all of that? Nothing. Absolutely. You hear like the sound of when you edit it out. Sometimes, sometimes. When I used to press pause. Sometimes, that's sometimes. That's um, I just want to end with one last thing. He puts a warning on everything. <laughs> this is not for. <laughs> Actually, I used to send it to my mother-in-law. Um, I st- I kind of stopped because she was like, "Why is everybody in the background? All these ladies screaming! Like, I, just say what you want to say." I was like, "That's not what it's about. That, the interaction is part of it." Anyways, I just want to finish off with one last thing, and that is. Um, She's old school. Like she would sit by a chair, she wouldn't say a word. My grandmother, you know the afros, the boys start singing by the when the chassis starts. My grandmother used to go. Boys, be quiet! He's not the door. It's like he's prepared, and he knows he's ready. It's like so disrespectful. Let him know. That's part of the. You have to prepare because he knows he's never going to get to his speech. His fault. It's his fault. Definitely, it's his fault. Okay. So um, I want to end with one last thing, and that is when Yaakov Avinu is proposes to Lavan his idea to be able to marry his daughter. So it's, it's a, there's a seven-year waiting period, and then finally he gets nice and, you know, ripped off. And not, not that Leia is a, a bad choice, but that's not what he was expecting. I had a hard time with that. Okay, getting back at the line, so do I. Um, that being said, no, I really, I, it's, it's a very complex story. It really is. It's really oh, complicated. Well, but he had his eye on somebody else. And that was the one he, he wanted to marry because he felt that him and Rachel together were going to create whatever they were going to create, a Yosef, which was going to bring perfection, whatever it was. But that's not what Hashem ha- had in mind, obviously. Yosef, it says, when Yaakov is waiting, one of the very complex passages, so he said, I'll, I'll work seven years for her. Great! Perfect. You're the type of guy I want as a son-in-law. Shavuot Madi. So hang out. Vayavid Yaakov Rachel Sheva Shanim. Yaakov worked for Rachel seven years, and here comes a very hard, difficult passage on the end. Vayu Be'enov, and it was in his eyes Kiyam Machadim, like singular days. Bahavasa Elisa, because he loved her so much. It usually works the opposite, right? When somebody wants to marry somebody, it, it feels like forever. 
It's like when you know this, when, when you're in love and you have somebody you want to marry and you make the wedding date six months from now, does it feel like one day or does it feel like a million years? It feels like a million years. And Terry says, Yaakov loved her so much, seven years felt like a day. Like a few days. It's backwards. How does that work? So there's many pshatim in the Rishayim and I'm afraid to explain it, but I, I just want to explain it with something that Rav Shinshin Prinkus said over in the name of Rav Aaron Kotler, and that is, if I could, I could come over to two people and say, I have a million dollars to give out. I can give you, I walk over to person A and I say, in a hundred days from now, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Great, right? I'm looking forward. I'm counting one, two. Those hundred days are like in the way of me getting a hundred dollars. I want that hundred days to just end. I want to go to sleep, wake up day 99 or day 100 and just get the hundred. I can go over to another person and say, for the next hundred days, I'm giving you $10,000 every single day. That at a hundred days, they're all getting a million dollars. But every day that you're alive and that you exist and that you go through the process, you're making the $10,000 to equal eventually a million dollars. What choice would you take? Obviously, $10,000 each day, right? Because each day you have something to look forward to. And, and every day is a journey. Every day is getting closer to reach my million dollars. But I have something to show for. Yiddishkeit is not in 100 days you get a million dollars. You get to Shemayim or whatever it is, that's when you'll get everything. And that's what Sirius Amish shows us. Every day is $10,000. Yeah, at the end, you'll get a Torah. At the end, you'll get the whole thing, the whole spiel. But don't, don't stop because, eh, I only made uh, $100,000 because I only made it through 10 days. You only made it through 10 days. You made $100,000. If you only made it through 10 days, if the other, per- like the other person that was getting a million dollars at the end, then you're right. You're talking, your life is a waste. That's like the best mindset ever. Like that Instagram of giving small along the way to reach the bigger goal. It's exactly this. I wonder if that's where it comes from. Maybe. I'd like to say that it was my idea, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, got, you made this idea last week. Uh, this is based on Rosh Hashanah's understanding of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu didn't look at seven years and go, oh my gosh, another six years and 545 days. My God, I can't make. Yaakov Avinu looked, every day I'm closer to being more perfect that Rachel and me should be the greatest marriage ever. And every day he cherished that day. And therefore, it wasn't, it wasn't seven years in the way. It was, it was one day of perfection after one day of perfection after another day of perfection. And each day when it accumulated, he was like, wow, now we're ready to get married. Perfect. This is, we were waiting for this moment. He was working on Absolutely. Day, to, working for a correct. He was working on his marriage. He's really, he said seven years, whatever he felt that that would be necessary for him and Rachel to be able to be in that perfect unison. And that is Shavuos. That is Shavuos. So when we celebrate Shavuos, of course we're celebrating all those that made it to 50. And congratulations. But we're celebrating all those that made it to one. All those that made it to two. And all those that made it to three. And if we would count downwards, we wouldn't be able to do that. Because it's, not, it's like the children getting into the car and they want to know, are we there yet? That's so immature, right? That's right, it is immature because you're not enjoying the journey. It's time to learn to enjoy the journey. And it's not always about getting there. It's about going through the the steps. It's like, you know, this little kid, I I, I took off from Orlando and I was sitting uh, right, this little kid that was in front of me that thought it was a lot of fun to just keep sticking his hand in front of me. So he was three, he was actually a cute kid, whatever, not Jewish, but nice cute kid. It's, it's, It's apparently it's possible not be Jewish and be cute and he um, again I'm going to get cancelled by the woke culture um, the the he, we, we, la- we take off his mother says we're in the airport now look we, we, we eventually we land and his mother says I went in the airport now he says we didn't go anywhere <laughs> right but that's what we feel like in life sometimes we're in the airport and now we're still in the airport no so much has changed you're not the same person 
You're a different person for the nisyanis you've gone through, for the tests you've gone through, for the journey you've been on. And yeah, these scars, these battle wounds are what make us who we are. And if you made it to 15, congratulations to you too. And that's the message of Shuas. It's climbing a mountain, and that's why it's on a mountain. Realize Harsinai is the smallest mountain. That's fine, but it's a mountain. And enjoy that also, because that's also something to celebrate and be proud of. Thank you.